1: Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Alright, what's up all you super sluts, power bottoms, and the League of Extraordinary Fuckers. This is Billy Procida and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Alright, alright. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am your host, comedian Billy Persida. If you are new to my program, this is a podcast where I typically talk to women I've hooked up with about sex, dating, and why we didn't work out. Uh, This week's guest is uh, the myth, the legend. You've heard her name once upon a time on the show. Yes, this week we have got Anna Super Slut is on the podcast this week, and I cannot wait to share her with y'all in a bit. But first, show dates, people. Show dates, okay. Uh, March twenty fifth, I am going to be doing a roast battle at Comedy Fight Club. That is a, a Lovecraft bar down on the Lower East Side. It will be at a ten thirty p.m. free show. I will I will be roast battling a some kid from Staten Island who looks like if a trust fund was a person. Very much looking forward to it. Then March 28th, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. You know what? You know the deal. It's the last Wednesday of the month, which means it will be time for another Fan Whore Facebook Live Hangout, which takes place on my Man Whore Podcast Facebook fan page. So if you don't like the page already, go there. Click the Like button. You don't want to miss out. Uh, it's our little monthly get together where we all just hang out and chit chat. All right. Um I want to give an update about the Manhorkon Scholarship Fund if you are not aware that it exists. Let me remind you cuz there's actually money that's been put in to the scholarship fund which is so fucking awesome. What is the ManhorCon Scholarship Fund? Well, I guess first you got to know that there is something called ManhorCon coming up uh, August 3rd through August 5th, which is a weekend here in New York City where a bunch of fan gather and we do a bunch of fun events. We hang out together. We just like kind of have a good time. We do some live shows, we do some workshops. Uh, and I have decided to offer up a scholarship of sorts, in quotation marks, for a less financially crushing it individual who otherwise would love to attend uh, but cannot afford to. And I have got a bunch of awesome listeners who are just crushing it in the bank account department who I thought like maybe they'd like to throw a few extra bucks this way so that we can send these people over. So uh, we actually have money. We have like triple digits uh, in in the scholarship fund. So if you would like to contribute... All right, $10, $20, $100. Shoot me an email at manhorpod at gmail.com. Okay. Uh, let me know what you'd like to contribute. I'll tell you how you can do it. And then maybe in a couple months, we'll start trying to figure out who gets the money to come on out here and hang out with Billy and the fan Horse. Oh, yeah. And don't forget to get your weekend pass to ManhorCon. Okay. You can still enjoy a super early bird discount on your weekend pass, just $55 for a weekend of good times with good old Billy Preseda. Head on over to manhorpod.com/tickets. All right? Ticket prices are going to go up on April 3rd, so make sure you do that ASAP. All right, I want to read uh, I want to read some email reactions. Got a thing for you everybody. First I want to say happy birthday to Sean in New York City. You know who you are, buddy. Uh, this is coming out. I think today is your birthday on the day of this release. And I want to say, you know, a happy birthday to you. And a, and a throwback happy birthday to Sarah M. up in Halifax, who is oh so lonely up there being sexed by nobody because nobody lives there. Happy birthday to you too, hon. Okay. Uh, I do have an email I want to read y'all. Uh, if y'all remember, we had Elsa Waith, stand-up comedian, super fucking funny. And uh, very social justice oriented, of course. We had a great episode. And I got an email about her uh, from Rhonda. Subject line, knocked it out of the park. Rhonda writes, Elsa's episode was really, really, really well done. The two of you have this pretty incredible connection during the interview, and it's been on my mind ever since yesterday. Wow, to be trans, black, and a woman, and still rising above How activism is more than simply just having an opinion. Okay, not for nothing. Those last two things, I don't know they were complete sentences, but Rhonda, I get what you're trying to say. She goes on, I feel like it's one of your showcase episodes. She's so incredible. It's very easy to fall into her stories and experiences and dream about how if more people would sit down and listen and speak with someone who they wouldn't normally how it would be just such a step in another direction for communities. Anyway, thanks again for a great pod. You meet these dynamic people who really are working on positive action, and it restores a lot of faith in this chick living in the churchy, gun-loving prairie land. Thank you, Rhonda, so much for writing in. I did pass uh, that note along to Elsa, and she was very appreciative of your kind words. And if you have some kind words or not kind words or comments or questions... Or titty pictures. Uh, you can send all that on over to manwhorepod at gmail.com. Uh, take a little see at your album artwork. Uh, you may know something a little different. Yep. We've launched new album artwork here at the Manwhore Podcast. I'm actually on Facebook Live right now, do, recording this intro. It's a fun little thing I do, actually. Every week at some point when I sit down to do the intro, I do a behind-the-scenes Facebook Live on the manhor Podcast Facebook page, right? And it's actually funny because right now the most two recent comments are how it's they're saying that it's so weird to put a face to my voice. So I'm fixing that problem, okay? I'm fixing the problem right now. Starting today, you've got new album artwork that's got my questionably pretty face right there. Have you been curious about what I look like? Do you, for some crazy reason, not follow me on any of the social media? Well, now you got no excuse to to not look at my pretty blue eyes, okay? I want to give a shout out to my intern, Tori, for putting together the album work. She really kind of arranged the things. Uh, Thank you so much for crushing it. And a big shout out to Adam Courtney, who is a photographer here in New York City. Uh, He actually took the photos uh he did the photo shoot with me wow last year um we did a really really fun photo shoot and these are the images we used for it and he's got all sorts of other great pictures on his instagram, which you can check out at Adam Courtney photo. I'll put a link in the show notes, but I want to give them both a sh- uh you know just good job making me look good everybody it's a it's a hard thing to do. <laughs> All right, so before we get to this week's guest, you know, what have I been up to? I have been up to things. Really, really going to town on this landlord situation. Thank you to everyone who has uh, hit me up with just kind words, with just words of support. I know I announced a couple weeks ago, like, the shitty dead squirrel situation, shitty bathroom situation going on at my house. Let's just say I've got my fingers crossed that by next week I may be announcing a housing situation update. All right, keep your fingers crossed for me. What else did I do? I went to a a House of Yes party for the first time uh, on Sunday night. House of Yes is a venue here in New York City. It's not necessarily like a sex party venue, but sometimes sex parties happen there. But a lot of sexy, awesome, wonderful things happen there, dance parties, uh, performance art, all sorts of cool shit. And I went to a sex party Sunday night for Daniel Saint's birthday. Y'all might remember Daniel Saint from this very podcast. He had a really wonderful episode, and he runs a group, a club called NSFW, right? And uh, for his birthday, he—I uh, I took actually my dear friend Andrea Allen, friend of the pod as well, and uh, she—you know—she's recently single. She's like, "Billy, I want to go to one of these." Uh, this is a my actual imitation of Andrea's voice. Billy, I want a good, like, one of these sex parties. You gotta take me. And I was like, all right, come on. And we very platonically went to the party together. We were both dressed as, like, sexy priests. And, uh, you know, it was very fun. So House of Yes, you can't fuck around in the main areas. There's, like, a there's, a... there's a room. It's called the couple's room. That's where you can get naked or fuck around. The rest of the venue, you're not allowed to, like, take your clothes off or, or, or have sex. So... At one point, Andrea and I entered the couple's room, and we just kind of took a seat and observed. We weren't going to hook up with each other, and we knew that. But it was very fun watching someone watch people have sex for the first time. Like, she was just like, oh, my God. People are just fucking right there in front of us. It's crazy. I'm like, yeah, it's hot, right? (laughs) Uh, Really cool time. Had a blast. Great party. I gotta be honest with you. I was really nervous walking through there. It really felt like walking through a landmine. It really felt like walking through a a minefield because I I don't know where the landmines are. It's the first time I'd gone to a sex party or even really any sort of sexual space since the the party I went to in December where some fucking asshole came up to me and just very inappropriately confronted me. And I'm not going to go into major detail about it again you can go back uh, into my December whatever December episode that was where I talk about it but you know it it was really jarring and not honestly made me nervous to be in that space It's like walking around not knowing who hates me and that sucked but you know I had a good time I wore my menagerie my like uh, my men's lingerie I felt sexy in that so that was cool Um, I forced myself to flirt with somebody that is a thing I have to do because I'm like Very nervous and shy in social situations, let alone sexual situations. So by the end of the night, I did talk to another woman in what I thought was a flirty manner. Enough so that Andrea complimented me on my flirting game. I was like, oh, thanks. Good. I'm glad I'm doing something right. Uh, Turns out that woman's a lesbian. But hey, you know what? It happens. We ended up having a great texting conversation anyway. But she's zero interest in in touching dicks. It's fine. But I was also nervous going around there because, you know, I had also recently gotten banned from a, <laughs> from a poly Facebook group, which sounds like a stupid thing to be concerned about. But it was Open Love NY, which is like the really big New York City poly group, which for me, although I'm not. A daily active participant on that group, it really is a source of comfort and support for me as someone who identifies as polyamorous or at at minimum as a non monogamous human being. So I don't know. I'm in I'm in a weird place. Got to got to refind my tribe. Got to refind my community and who I am friends with. Because as much as I want to be able to fall back on the comedy community, at the end of the day, like a lot of them also don't understand me either. It's kind of weird. <laughs> it requires me to really lean on my friends, and and our guest this week, Anna Super Slut, who named herself that. I'll just say Anna. Anna is one of my 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 dear friends, and formerly one of my thoroughly hot and consistent fuck buddies. And I, our we have a very interesting relationship, as friends, as lovers, as people to hold e- e- one another accountable. If I'm there are people I check in with to see if I like fucked up and Anna one of those people because she's reasonable and I trust her judgment. I don't tr- I don't think she's ever going to be overly sensitive. You know what I mean? I trust her to tell me when they're being too sensitive or if I'm being too much of an asshole. Actually, you know, uh, Dr. Timoree, who she has a great podcast, Sex with Timoree. A lot of shout outs in this, uh, this week's intro. She posted something recently and it said, A friend suggested I have a checklist to determine if I needed to worry about someone's criticism. Do they know me? Do they care about me? Do I need to work with them? Adding this filter has dramatically reduced the amount of time I waste on haters. And... She posted that today, and it really, really spoke to me. So I'm really, really glad to have people in my life, like Anna, to call me out when I need to be called out, to calm me when I'm having anxiety over call-outs, to help me be a better person, uh, and to assure me that I'm not a sociopath. I'm very glad she's in my life. And the reason she's on the podcast is recently i had reached out to her to be like hey sexy times we should do the thing ha and she was like actually billy i'm i don't think i want to have sex with you we haven't had sex in a long time and i really feel more of a platonic thing with with you and i which is like a really direct way to speak to, to to shut someone down so i thought like what better way to ask why we stopped fucking than right after you tell me we're done fucking and and that's why Anna's on the show, and we really had a great episode talking about intimacy, talking about love, and talking a bit about stranger play with a fellow we love to call Baby Jew. And if you find Baby Jew to be something offensive to say, well, you know what? You should stop listening right now. Otherwise, enjoy my conversation with Anna Super Slut.
0: Not on a date, just like as friends getting dinner.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It was nice went well it did go well and i actually like so i really 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 enjoyed having sex with him um until he like started you know getting emotional and um (laughs) he started you know being a human (laughs) and he is going to he's been applying to sorry he's been applying to MBA programs mm. and so he sh- m- is probably moving from new york in the fall so i may want to like start up a little sexy time again with him uh, and toy him once more it's not gonna be toy i'm gonna lay out like more conditions
1: well it's great is, like he can hear this right now and just be <laughs> like okay now i know what's up
0: what up cjk <laughs> i miss that d
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot to ask you: Do we uh, use your the name or? Do yeah, we can, you, can use we my go? name, Anna Super Slut.
0: Anna Super Slut. Anna
1: Super Slut finally on the pod. <laughs> she is here. Uh, those of y'all who didn't ever skip through the uh, the the what uh, what the fuck did I call it the
0: impersonal roll call,
1: impersonal Patreon roll call. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll we'll re- remember the name Anna Super Slut, <laughs> and she is finally here on the show. So hello. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Yeah. Uh, th- w- did you? I when did you? Didn't you say recently, like, hey, Billy, when am I doing the thing? I feel so like this-
0: I wanted. No, I was offended that um, for your two hundredth episode that I was not asked to interview you.
1: Oh, right, right, right.
0: That's what happened. <laughs> but you had Kenzie and Lindsay. Lindsay yeah. Um. Interview you, which I approve of. So,
1: yeah, it was a threesome podcast uh, after our threesome did not happen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Threesomes are weird like that, right?
1: Yeah, just all it takes is one flat tire to fuck the whole thing up. Yeah. yeah. I'm sitting in the bar just being like, oh, this is going to be great. Oh my God, there's these two gorgeous women. They both, for some reason, want to sleep with me at the same time. And then she's like, I got a flat tire. I have to sit here and wait for a tow truck.
0: It's <laughs> like, no, no. <laughs> That can be upsetting.
1: Very, know. very. Failed uh, No, no, I'm sure you would have been great uh, interviewing me, but I'm way more interested in just uh, talking to you on this thing. And Now also let me know that you were down to do the show, so yes. I'm glad you're here. Were there any questions during the 200th episode that you wanted to ask that didn't get asked?
0: I haven't listened to it yet. Um. <laughs> I have not listened to it yet. I've been on, um, unsurprisingly, to people who know me, yourself included. Mm. Um, I've been on a true crime kick. True crime. <laughs> and so um, all I've been listening to podcast-wise has been Sword and Scale. And I know that they've they've made some offensive comments. I still love them, despite their offensive comments. Um, and Generation Y. Mm. And so I just like to hear about blood, gore, and true murders. Yeah.
1: Wait, th- this has been interesting to learn about uh, people who, have s- who listen to the show and slept with me. Did, did you find your listening patterns change at all when we stopped sleeping together?
0: Um. No, I don't think so. Um. I think when I started listening to you before we even met. Right. Right. And um, I was introduced to the podcast through Kenneth.
1: Kenneth um, play. Kenneth
0: play. Um. I met Kenneth at a play party and... That you
1: hosted, right?
0: No. He was at um, the one my friends, um, Catherine and Jay, host, mm-hmm. um, in their apartment. And he... So I'm there. I was uh, kind of dating this... Uh, I'll call him Russian Jew. Uh, Russian
1: Jew. Ju- oh, is this baby Jew? <laughs> this
0: is Not baby Jew. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> Anna has a has a <laughs> propensity to nickname her par- her sexual partners. Yeah. And uh, baby Jew was one of them, and I thought that was hilarious.
0: Oh my gosh, I uh, I miss baby Jew. Um, and so I went through a phase where I was pretty much only dating Jewish men. So uh, Russian Jew was one, and so I'm we're at this party. Um, I'm the first one naked and the first one getting fucked. Naturally. And naturally. And then this like beautiful, perfectly sculpted man with this crazy hair walks in.
1: You say, just as I told you, I've been binge eating for 12 days. <laughs> the last thing, perfectly sculpted. Yep. Yep. No, it's okay. <laughs> That's my problem. That's my issue.
0: <laughs> perfectly sculpted man walks in and I like stop mid penetration. And Russian Jews like what? And I'm like that. I want that. So <clears throat> Kenneth walks in with uh, two women, one who I later became really good friends with. Mm-hmm. Um, and he instructs me, never met me before. And I thought this was super hot. Instructs me to, so he has them laid down on the couch. Um, and with their legs up and he instructs, instructs me to hold. Um, both their legs. So, um, are like the left leg of one and the right leg of the other. Mm. So he is like finger fucking them both at the same time. Um, and they, there's like squirting everywhere. I mean, it's just like gorgeous and it's an amazing scene to be a part of. So then he finishes with them, takes me into, uh, Catherine and Jay's room and, blindfolds me ties me down um and then he uses what he calls the power couple which is a hitachi and an enjoy pure bond um so he's playing with me with those with the power couple and i squirted for the first time and just kept squirting like gallons um and I was unblindfolded and everyone from the party was in the room around me, which I thought was super hot. We ended up going out for like pierogies after. Um, he after- eats pierogies. He lets himself eat pierogies.
1: Someone's slipping.
0: So we go out for pierogies after. Um, he and I connect really well. Um, I think it was really not long after he did the podcast with you because he hmm. like kind of self promoted himself and said, listen to this podcast. <laughs> so I did. Um, and then a friend requested you on Facebook, and that was an awkward, awkward exchange.
1: Well, because I, I, I'm that asshole who anytime a stranger adds me, I say, "Hi, I'm sorry, but do we know each other?" <laughs> because I don't like having Facebook friends who I don't know in real life. Yeah, weird that I have. I'm apparently a weirdo for having this stance. <laughs> I, everyone, like sometimes, like comments will be like, "Uh, like, dude, no," but I'm just adding you. I'm like, "Well, don't, I don't fucking know you." <laughs> And sometimes it will be like, you know, like fans of the podcast might like add me yeah. and then I'm trying to redirect them more towards a fan page. Yeah. But, uh, but you were like, oh, this one's really hot and she lives here. So we should <laughs> say hello.
0: Yeah. That's what happened. That's what started it.
1: And I think, uh, I was a little intimidated by you because you were very, <laughs> you're a very forward person. Yeah. Yeah. We went for drinks. So you don't drink. So then I realized, okay, I'm drinking by myself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I think you were annoyed by my whole, like, I wasn't fucking you the first night policy.
0: I definitely was annoyed, but we had a pretty hot scene um, somewhere near your, maybe it was near your apartment. I don't even know. It was, know like, right we outside went. the bar,
1: but we it were just, like, up like, a, on the yeah, street, right? It was in,
0: well, it was, like, in someone's, like, driveway. I remember a car. Yeah. Yeah. We had a pretty hot scene there.
1: Yeah, yeah. I took my dick out on the sidewalk, as, yeah, I, yeah. as I tend to do. <laughs> this, it's just, here's the thing. If you make out with me long enough on a sidewalk, at some point, I might see if it's cool if I can take my dick out.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's what happened, and it was cool. And then um, I don't, we didn't fuck then. I don't
1: think. No, we didn't fuck that night. No. I kind of made you wait a night, and yeah. I wanted to like.
0: And I was annoyed.
1: Yeah. Yeah people i I found go. that adult women tend to be yeah because they're kind of like no I'm not trying to fuck around with this like I'm trying to get laid here and yeah. I'm just like ah, I'm trying to take care of myself <laughs> right. but we started fucking pretty consistently yeah. for for a while we did um, that that was probably the end of like 2014 maybe yeah. and then so we've been friends like for years yeah. at this point and uh and our, our fucking relationship would be kind of wax and wane. It, I would yes, say
0: we definitely had a wax and wane fucking relationship. What I appreciate about our like relationship in general is that regardless of if we were fucking, if we weren't fucking, um, if we were consistently seeing each other or even talking or not, that either of us have always felt, or that both of us have always felt comfortable to be like, Hey, I need a friend yeah. right now, which I think is something that's kind of like unique and special and doesn't always happen with people who are like, fuck friends or former former fuck friends you know yeah i appreciate that about you
1: (laughs) i appreciate that about you too i just i tend to also appreciate when we are in like some sort of uh fucking situation where it's like hey i need a friend and a breakup blowjob yeah
0: (laughs) so i've also come through for that
1: (laughs) during the during the first page breakup there was a uh You came over and I I was very, very sad. I I don't remember if I cried or not. And, you know, you offered me a breakup blowjob.
0: Yeah. And you also had a um, listener who sent you Girl Scout cookies. I had listeners send me
1: a lot of stuff during that breakup. I had like bottles of whiskey, M&Ms, Girl Scout cookies. A lot of stuff was sent. Uh, But but no one came over to give me a a comforting (laughs) blowjob
0: like you did.
1: But there were also breakups I've had where that was not on the table. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. So like my breakup with Paige back in September, the more recent breakup I've had, uh, you know, not even a month ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what has changed? Um, I'm trying my best to never say in this whole episode, why won't you fuck me, you anymore? me anymore? Why you me
0: anymore? Because it's
1: definitely a wax and wane like sexual mm-hmm. relationship in that like mm-hmm. when you are down to fuck me because yeah. you know that I'm like, Anna's super hot and fun. I'm down to share a sexual space with her kind of whenever she's down. But also, uh, unlike other people who have tried to downgrade sexual relationships, you know, I'm like, no, but I also stay friends with you. Yeah. There's a lot of people that go, like, can we just be friends? I'm like, I don't need I don't need more friends. I don't need
0: more
1: friends. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have time for that. I
0: get that. Um, so the short answer um as to why we aren't why I've decided to not have a sexual relationship mm-hmm. with you anymore is that I don't feel I need casual sexual partners, um, consistent casual sexual partners. Mm-hmm. Um, I am in a triad situation right now that I'm very se- sexually fulfilled by. I attend sex parties, you know, once a month, once every two months mm-hmm. and I'm down to have stranger play every now and then. And My, um, I don't want to say my focus. Yeah, no, my focus has shifted. My focus has shifted from um, having a host of friends that I was also having sex with, but kind of keeping a emotional barrier there um, to investing in these relationships that I've been building and um, engaging. I still, I still really love anonymous sex and stranger play. Mm. Um, I don't feel like I seek it out as much as I used to. Um, and so I, you know, I do kind of continue that, but as far as like casual sexual relationships go, mm. I'm not interested in it right now. No. Um,
1: Which is a huge shift for yeah. you. Yeah. Because there's, I mean, I'm not calling you Anna Super Slut because I decided to.
0: Nope that was that was me uh, naming myself that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and she was the super slut. I was the
0: super slut. I had a good run. The
1: stories you would tell me. Yeah. Were insane just like i think there was a time that what were these two german dudes oh
0: my god yeah just like just telling
1: dudes on tinder like yeah come over just come over
0: yeah 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 i have so i love tinder um and i will never ever ever bash tinder because i've gotten some like really good sexual experiences from it but i've also like made friends on mm-hmm. tinder and i've found uh i have found several past and current partners on tinder like I, I think that Tinder's great, and so the German guys. Uh, so, like, I don't even really know how old they were, but I know that they were like maybe early twenties. They were best friends, and they had a joint Tinder profile, which I thought was really cute. And in a tag
1: team profile,
0: yes, it was adorable. Does it
1: say that they're trying to deep? Yes. Oh my
0: gosh! So the whole like thing was, hey, we're best friends. We're from Germany, and we're here for the summer. We're in New York City for the summer, and um, we don't want to, like, play alone. We want to, the if you get one of us, you get both of us mm. type situation. And I was like, this, this is perfect. <laughs> so we matched that afternoon. They came over that night. Um And the three of us um, had sex from, like, 11 o'clock at night to 7 in the morning. <laughs> oh, <And> my God. <laughs> it was... Still to this day, the best MMF threesome I've ever had. And neither one, I wouldn't say that, that either one of them alone were necessarily Outstanding lovers, but together they had a really fun, playful energy. And you get um, twice the stamina. You get twice the stamina. Stamina. Um, I actually don't feel like I work that hard in M- in mmf threesomes. Um, and I didn't in this one. I don't feel like overwhelmed by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was a really it was a really great. Experience. I still talk to one of them from time to time on WhatsApp. Um, And they left New York City. They went to Brazil and they were. They their way around the world. Around the world. The Eiffel
1: Tower next to the Eiffel Tower. Just do all the things. (laughs) But why? So why this this slutty streak of yours?
0: Okay. So the slutty streak. um, The slutty streak started in. 2014, and Anna Super Slut became a thing. Um, when I, when when my marriage started to end, and um, when the two of us realized that that we were not going to continue this marriage, I was I'd been in that relationship for close to ten years. Grateful that relationship happened, but also grateful that it ended. It needed to end. And also around the same time that this marriage was ending. Um, my mother was diagnosed with terminal cancer and I felt from both places, um, even though at this point my mother was still alive, this like deep and profound sense of loss. And I'm a very sexual being. And so I knew that I needed to like feed my sexual appetite, but I did not want any type of emotional connection Mm. with anyone I was having sex with. And so Anna super slut was born. And, um, one thing I I did a lot of things wrong during that period. But one thing I did right was I was very upfront about what I was able to provide for somebody. I had very clear boundaries. Like this is, this is sex, right? We're not going to date. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. This is only sex. Mm. Um, that time in my life was a time of, like, just extreme growth. I was in experiences and went to places and met people and fucked people that I never would have, you know. Um, New York City is a great place to do that. New York City is one of the best cities to be a slut in. They're so – like, the options are just endless. There are endless options in New York City. Um, so, I – Anna Super Slut was a prominent figure <laughs> for a couple of years. You know, um, that's when I got involved in Hacienda. Mm-hmm. I was also hosting my own sex parties. Um, anyone, you know, I, I I feel that this the sex positive community in New York City. Is, in my experience, a very safe and supportive place to explore anything that you think you might want, right? And explore things that you don't even know that you might want. If you, you
1: want to have angel wings needled into you while you then get hoisted <laughs> while holding sparklers, you can explore that in New York you can City.
0: Do, you can do that here. <laughs> even
1: if that. no one else thought that was a thing.
0: Right, right. <laughs> Um, if you want to have uh, I, an, uh, a bag of saline hooked to your testicles and get your ball sack full of saline, the you amount, can do that. The here. amount
1: of times I have referenced that big ball sack of his. Right.
0: I still is, think about it a lot.
1: It's, it's kind of my go-to like OMG thing I saw. Uh, if you if you want to be part of a reverse bukkake car wash... Mm-hmm. Got fellas, you can be a part of that. You can do that here. If you find the right people in New York City. Yeah. 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 And I, that's a wonderful thing about this place. And okay. again, the sex pause community, as opposed to just generic sex parties or swinger clubs, I feel like is very different because they really are kind of all accepting of all the peoples. Yeah. Because I don't look... You look like you should be invited to all the sex parties. you.
0: <laughs> You're a generic you?
1: hottie. Totally. I don't look like... Like, you know, I joke on stage, like my body type is orgy alternate.
0: It's (laughs) like I can
1: I can get invited, but it's because Jim didn't show up. You know, (laughs) okay. and I'm just happy to be there. I'm like the Jamaican bobsled team. Like I'm I'm happy to be in the Olympics. It's it's cool. But, you know, you wouldn't normally pick me to have the guys. You'd pick Kenneth's. You'd pick 20 Kenneth's to go to the sex party. And so that they would even invite someone like me made me go like wow they must have invi- accept everybody yeah. that's yeah. why i always loved about it. that's why i fit in, in hacienda because it was like every weirdo's there all the kinksters every gender situation yeah. um every you know body type so i was like well if all these people who are seen as outcasts are allowed here yeah. then i must be allowed here because i've always felt like an outcast and i never thought i'd be invited to a thing like this and then i was like oh there's people who like me here there's also people who would eventually come to just hate me there. But that's a different story.
0: It's That's been covered on this podcast before. Plenty. <laughs> arguably too much.
1: So, uh, yeah, no, I agree with you that it's, uh, New York's a wonderful place to kind of do whatever you want. Yeah. You can come up with whatever, all the stranger play scenes you mm-hmm. want that you desire. Mm-hmm. What's uh, your favorite stranger place scene you've done? My favorite stranger place
0: scene... Um, So, I actually think my my favorite stranger play was with Baby Jew. The Baby first time Jew. Yeah. So. Um,
1: why, why is he called Baby Jew?
0: Because when I met him, he was in undergrad <laughs> at Columbia. And I'm late 20s at this point. And um, he is Jewish. And hence, Baby, Baby Jew. Jew. Baby Jew and I had a good little, little streak. So. Um, my favorite stranger play scene was with him and <clears throat> when we we matched on Tinder um, we didn't really like talk a whole lot before we just knew that it was basically like um, are you down to fuck? Yes, I'm down to fuck. Cool, let's set it up.
1: So- and, and who's opening like that? I think a lot of people who want to have straight up sex on Tinder don't know how to open. Yeah you know yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. what sure. what's what would you recommend to a guy who's trying to get laid on tinder which is not the only use for tinder but it's a valid use of tinder what's your recommendation to him uh because if you're a chick who wants to get laid on tinder you can just be like hey i'm looking to fuck people yes. and then he can say yes or no yeah if you're a guy i feel like there's a little bit more nuance involved
0: sure so um i would so i think that It's really hard on Tinder sometimes because people people don't like to write bios. Like, people are kind of lazy there. Mm -hmm. And I always appreciate a good bio. And I hardly will ever match with someone who doesn't have a bio. And I think that that bios on any dating site are important because you're starting out from the get-go, communicating what you want, what you're looking for, and, like, what your boundaries are. Like, up front, Mm -hmm. you know? And so if... I am, if I'm a man and I'm browsing Tinder and I come across a profile that says, I'm not looking for hookups, then I'm gonna swipe left, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm just not even gonna try to uh slide my way in there. Um if so I so I'm gonna pay attention to the profile I'm looking at. Um there are and and I've like experienced this from men on Tinder, there are people on Tinder who will send out just blast messages to everyone they meet. Like, are you down to fuck? And maybe that works. Sure. I don't know. Maybe it does.
1: A lot of copy and pasting, but uh-huh. I'm sure the numbers game, it will work eventually. It'll
0: work eventually. Um, If that's not the route someone wants to go, I would just start a conversation. Pick something that's in a picture that's interesting or, you know, uh, Tinder now has the like Spotify section, which is great um and and then somehow
1: transition that to sex
0: well no i would transition it to sweet spotify
1: songs on your sex playlist we should have sex to test that (laughs) out
0: which by the way genuine pony me too which by the way
1: when i do use a spotify (laughs) playlist for sex i use yours you're the only person i follow on spotify (laughs) and it's just so that i can use your playlist for sex
0: perfect it's a good one (laughs) um so i would pick something i wouldn't start if I was a man going to uh approaching a woman on on any type of dating app, I wouldn't start with sex. I would pick something as a conversation starter. Mm. Um I wouldn't even like mention sex if I was a man in the in the messaging period. Um I would meet up first. I I would Okay, but we're, we're
1: t- but we're talking about you and like the same. Si- you? you very clearly had situations where people you or the other person went straight to sex and then was like, yeah, let's set it up. It's so that's why me, it's I'm-
0: me starting that conversation. OK, so yeah.
1: so fellas should take note that if women just want to open with like, hey, I'm looking to fuck, leave it to them.
0: Yeah, let them do it. OK, yeah. Um. So baby I think Jews, it's strength- threatening. It can be really threatening to women for men to lead with that. Yeah. So me as a sexual woman, I don't have a problem leading with that right yeah
1: and as the guy we hear the stories of this is the thing like we hear these um these tales yeah. with these these urban legends of the chick who opens up with dtf so we're looking some guys are looking for that person too yes. and don't know if we're supposed to open or just wait for that to happen if there's something we can put on our bio to invite that mm-hmm. like my bio says um well my tinder now used to say i was in an open relationship but i'm no longer so it says that. recently out of uh open relationship uh pretty much just looking to go down on pretty people yeah
0: yeah so at least
1: like they know what they're getting involved with
0: absolutely absolutely that should work um you should i'm gonna send you like a review of your like pussy eating skills and you can like copy and paste that on tinder
1: okay put that on there (laughs) we'll do that
0: (laughs) okay so baby june so, Baby G was in, Col- was in school at Columbia and he lived in Washington Heights, which was, uh, it's still a hall for me and, uh, was at my old apartment. So, I take the train to fucking Washington Heights and he said, I'll meet you at the corner of this street and this street. So, um, he comes up from behind me. I'm there. I'm at the corner. He comes up from behind me. Um, I'm wearing a dress. It's in the summer. I'm wearing the dress. No panties. And he puts his hand up my dress. Um, so then I turn around. I see him and he covers my mouth, which is like really strange that I like allowed him to do this because he was so much younger than me. But in the time it felt like really hot. And like guys that are that much younger than me, like, when they try to be a little dominant, I'm like, oh, bless your heart. But did he
1: pitch this scene?
0: He did not pitch the scene. He just oh. said, "Meet me here," and I. Oh, so you in, didn't even
1: uh, you guys didn't even negotiate the like? I'm We just didn't gonna,
0: negotiate anything. <laughs> this we, slightly I just met there. concerning. So right, so um, I I get there and I text him like when I'm on the train, I'm wearing a navy blue dress with white polka dots and no panties, and um, so we did not like negotiate a scene at all. But um,
1: something was uh, laid knew, there that yeah. you're like, I'm not wearing yeah, panties. Yeah. You should find out. Yeah.
0: So he puts his hand up my dress. Um, I turn around. We make out. He puts his hand. I go to like talk because I like to talk. He puts his hand over my mouth and he's like, I don't want you to say anything. So then he grabs my hand. We go back to his dorm room. Oh.
1: <laughs>
0: we go back to his dorm room. Um
1: Hey, everybody, get out. And all of you.
0: So fortunately for, um, Baby Jew. So he also, he had like some skill, but not, you know, his skill set wasn't developed, but he had like a Coke can dick. And so he didn't really need a whole lot of skill because mm-hmm. I'm just like riding that Coke can yeah. dick. And then we, we have a ton of sex. Um, <clears throat> I end up, so over the course of that relationship with Baby Jew, and I wouldn't really call it a relationship. We, we had, um, we started out strictly sex. We did become friends um, and it kind of turned into this like cute dynamic because he was trying to find a girlfriend, which obviously wasn't going to be me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he would come to me for dating advice and I would give him my little dating advice for him. But I also taught him how to eat pussy because um, he was terrible at it. And we would have these, our little like sex dates would always start with him, with me guiding him on how to eat pussy. Mm-hmm. And so I take full responsibility for his girlfriends that he's had <laughs> and their pleasure mm-hmm. because I think he learned it from me. Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: And so the slut streak is done and that's because yes. you've blossomed into this uh, this person who actually engages with feelings.
0: Yeah, so, um.
1: Like, you have a boyfriend. Like, what the fuck?
0: <laughs> so I don't, I'm oh, sorry. going to call you, him a boyfriend. Call I'll him? call him a partner. Um. So, yeah, so Slut Streak started to end, and it was, um, I.
1: When, when do you think this was?
0: So, this the Slut Streak started to end, um, really in like the fall of 2016. And, um, at this point, so I had gone through my, my slut phase. Um, my mother passed away during this time mm-hmm. and I was going through like this real, like acute grief phase, which you saw me in when I came back from New York for my mother's funeral, you were one of the first people I saw. Mm-hmm. And my mother's death, the mm-hmm. funeral, I stayed in Mississippi to kind of help my dad get back on track, Uh, not back on track, but like help him survive. I get back to New York and my life is like just empty. And I'm, um, I have no idea what to do to myself with myself. I basically for like a solid three months, all I did was go to work and come home. And that was like all I could do. And I would go days just like staying in bed just as like intense, intense grief. And there is a um, point to all the sadness. So, um, during this time, my platonic friends are the ones who like really came through for me in a big way. And I started the best I could in this time of intense grief, really putting a lot of emotional energy and labor into these platonic friendships. And I found comfort from those. And I'd always and, and these are like long term friendships and some people that I um knew in New York, but mainly just kind of like long term friendships. So. I'm doing that. I get through this like acute grief phase. I'm ready to kind of engage my sexuality again. Cause I was like the least sexual person after my mom died, mm. like didn't care about it. Didn't want it. Um, I started to engage my sexuality again. And what happened was I found out that I was actually interested in these people that I was fucking. And, um, I wanted to be interested in them too. Um, I had a couple of shifts happened in the fall of 2016. One was that um, my best friend in the whole world called me out for being a like total and complete cunt. And so um, on like multiple levels and she, you know, basically was like, you have a lot of love inside of you and you aren't letting anyone experience it. And it's even hard for me as your best friend of 10 years to experience this love with you because you have your walls up so high.
1: Was your defense, but I'm sharing this pussy with everyone. (laughs) Right. Doesn't that count for anything?
0: Right. And um, I didn't really have a defense to it. And she called me out on some bad behavior, not with like some with like sexual partners that I had like, you know, really. Treated poorly, um, but also with the people in my life who loved me, and um, she called me out on, on a lot of these bad behaviors. Kind of through that, working through that with her, and kind of changing how I interacted in my other relationships, realizing that we as human beings are imperfect, and that my feelings are going to get hurt by humans, and it doesn't mean that they don't love me or they don't care about me. It just means that they're a human. So coming to terms with that... And really accepting that and really focusing my energy on in my relationships to loving my platonic friends for exactly who they were, which was uh, the first time I had intentionally tried to do that. So doing that and then also coming to understand that in the prior two years, I had had my heart ripped out of my chest ripped to shreds, put through a wood ch- chipper, set on fire and put back into my chest. And I was still alive through it and realized that I likely would not experience heartbreak like that again. And so that made me less scared. Mm. So when I became less scared, the walls started to come down and I became interested in dating. The first person... So so I had actually... um during, kind of during this time, I um, really fell in love with somebody, and he lived in San Francisco, who you might remember, San Francisco Jew. Mm-hmm. Um, A <laughs> well, Jews. And
1: Anna's not Jewish.
0: Yourself. I'm not Jewish at all. I love Jewish men, though. So um, I fell in love with this man, and it was he was really easy to fall in love with because he didn't live in New York. And there was no escalation. It was, we would see each other every couple of months, um, have this like deep emotional connection, this deep sexual connection, and he would leave for another few months. And that was mm-hmm. safe to me. And I was able to like, um, I was able to fall in love with him. I was never able to tell him. So I didn't. And then that, um, we ended our, whatever it was, after about a year and a half. Um, and that, you know, uh, coincidentally or not, was when we ended that was in the fall of 2016. And I was ready to have an emotional connection like that again um, with someone who didn't live across the country. So...
1: And I think that was the, when you were seeing him, I think that was the first, your, your mom passed in... April. Of 2017. Oh, six, 16 Yeah. Oh, okay. Because... Um, that was all like the first like huge lapse of like when we didn't get together. Because right. I remember, well, okay, we're not getting together because mom passed. And then, yeah. then you started seeing this guy. Yeah. And then I just got used to not sleeping with Anna. Right. <laughs> right, right. Had to wean myself off.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we had um this this connection. It ended. Uh, he entered a monogamous relationship and um, ended things with me. hmm so then the uh, the next person that I dated after that was CJK, mm-hmm. and CJK and I met on Tinder, and um, I I'm going to start by saying that um, CJK gets two thumbs up and, and and ten out of ten from me. Um, he is one of the most genuinely kind men I've ever met in my entire life. Mm. And, um, you know, at that time in my life, when he came in, um, I wasn't a hundred percent sure what I wanted out of a relationship, I still had a wall up, I was working on letting that down. And and in a lot of ways he really helped me bring that wall down. He was the first person I dated that I saw consistently every week, mm-hmm. that I communicated with on a regular basis, that I was able to start to share feelings of intimacy with.
1: Which um, shocked the shit out of me. It, yeah, Because sho- you would be like, <laughs> I think I like him. I'd be like, you? <laughs> Using any heart emoji that, other than black <laughs> other than is so black strange. <laughs> Anna is queen of the black heart emoji.
0: (laughs) I am. I am. My partner C still sends me black heart emojis. So Mm -hmm. it's still there a little bit. So CJK and I, you know, started a relationship.
1: You brought him to his first sex party. I
0: brought him to his first sex party. Um, We went to a couple together and he was, he did amazing, you know? And I remember telling Uh, a friend of mine after we went to Hacienda together for the first time that I've been looking for this man. And at the time I had been and he was uh, or is, he's still alive um, and still great. He's very emotionally intelligent, emotionally available, very attractive. He is smart he is hilarious, and he was also open to non-monogamy and open to sex parties. So he hit he hit my marks. A lot of the marks. He hit, he hit my marks. Um, CJK <laughs> made the fatal mistake of dropping the L word. Um, CJK. How dare
1: he tell you how he <laughs> feels about you? Right? Oh, this asshole, right?
0: CJK dropped the L word and I did not CJ, I handle feel you. it well. No, I'm with
1: you, CJ. You got to tell someone how you feel when you feel it. You do your thing, baby.
0: CJK dropped the L word and um, I didn't handle it well at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up just kind of, I was, so I used to go over to his apartment on Wednesday nights and um, I like just got up and left. I was like, I can't. I don't know. I can't, I can't do that.
1: Then you can't, can't you start like coming up with like bullshit excuses to not go. Yes.
0: Yeah, you so just th- start
1: like canceling and postponing dates.
0: Right. So then, so, so we, we dated for a couple of months after that and I couldn't, um, I was really scared, right? I was really scared of love and I didn't handle that well at all. And, um, I caused him, um, hurt feelings because of my own bullshit um so i ended things with him
1: can i tell you what was concerning to me yeah then it just exposed how i'm a shitbag sure both of y'all are patrons you're part of my wonderful fan or community on patreon including uh their super secret facebook group the the champagne room and i was concerned when you broke up when you ended things with him is he gonna cancel his pledge because he doesn't want to be associated (laughs) with and i was like uh, i watched my notifications on patreon for like uh for a week or two just to see if he's gonna be be like i'm out of this whole thing (laughs) you you mentioned the like this guy like you were looking for this dude and he checked all the boxes Mm -hmm. and then he ends up not being the dude Mm -hmm. because he lets that out and that sticks out to me partially just in in light of my breakups recently because after each after page i realized okay this is not gonna work like we realized okay we don't work together and that was fine it was sad because she does check off so many boxes the non-monogamy box ended up being a really big one but then like my most recent ex i i'm just like whoa i think they're gonna check off all the boxes they're poly they're sex positive they're queer which like tends to i just seem to work better with queer women Mm -hmm. i don't know why um me too they're into like hot sex the sex is great uh they're they're funny they are social justice oriented but also will listen to a doug stanhope album and like not cry you know like there's a lot of things and when that ends at least my reaction has been like i don't know if i'm gonna find someone else who checks off all these boxes again Mm. So, what was your feelings in the fallout of CJK? CJK?
0: So, I, what I learned, so I, I, what I learned from CJK, and it took me many months after CJK and I, um, broke up, was that it had very little to do with him and a lot to do with me and how I build intimacy, how I build intimacy in a way that makes me feel safe. Um, and I did things, how I built intimacy with CJK is not the way that I prefer to build intimacy. And I didn't know that until this happened. So, um, I, I tried again, right? With, with someone else. Um, S, I'll call him S. I'm an S at a sex party that I hosted. Um,
1: which, how, how does one get an invite to these, uh, (laughs) parties you host? So he was friends with you for years. I don't get one invite.
0: (laughs) So he, was a guest of a guest, an uninvited guest of a guest. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was pretty aggressive in pursuing me, which I liked. Mm. Um, I feel, I know that, um, I can come across as intimidating. Um, get it. And it's always a turn on when someone pursues me. Mm. Um, because it shows me that they're not intimidated by me. Um, I kind of fell into the same trap with him as I did CJK in that I, um, instead of taking the time that I know, that I knew when I was starting this with S, um, but kind of ignored, um, instead of taking the time to really develop a, um, like simultaneously develop a physical neck physical connection, also developing a friendship because it's important to me to be, um, to have a base of friendship with my partners. I didn't take the time to do that. Um, he dropped the L word. Um, I handled it a little bit better. Um, and what happens when I allow myself to develop intimacy quickly is that I start to feel bad when someone drops the L word and I can't do it. Mm. Um, Is that
1: because you don't love them or because you're having trouble saying it?
0: It could be both. And so um, I've learned a lot about what love feels like to me. And I, for me, um, when I say love, when I, when I tell someone I love them, whether it is a friend or a romantic partner, it is the word love for me comes with a commitment And I'm not going to say that to somebody unless I can follow through with that commitment. Mm -hmm. And it takes me a while to get there. Um, My best friend in the whole world, we were friends for five years before I told her I loved her.
1: Well, I don't think – every. I mean, it's not even a standard for friends to say I love you to each other. Uh, It's somewhat saying, to be, oh, I love that person. Like, oh, that person's like, oh, I love that bitch. Like, that's – The standard of platonic love, I think we are all more used to, to, to look someone in the eye and be like, I love you. Mm -hmm. And it'd be a platonic thing is not a thing we talk about terribly often. I don't think that is the standard thought when you think about love. Mm.
0: It kind of is for me. Mm. Um, I, I kind of base my feelings on love on what I learned from platonic love Mm -hmm. and from platonic friendships. So, and, and. I think the reason why the word love for me is so deeply rooted in commitment is because of that. So, yeah. So what I've learned from this is how I develop intimacy in a way that's safe for me. That's also in a way that's safe for my partner. Like, I don't think that I necessarily have always practiced relationships that are safe for my partner. Mm-hmm. Um What I do you think, mean by safe? Yeah. Like, um, so I'm saying like emotionally safe for my partner mm-hmm. in that. I can have these deep connections and have these deep feelings and also express things that may sound a lot like love that isn't love. And I'm not, I haven't always necessarily been clear in communicating that. I have allowed people to, I've allowed relationships to get um, intimate quicker than what I'm comfortable with, knowing that I'm not comfortable with it and allowing it to happen anyway, to say, maybe this time will be different and it's not different. I know what is comfortable for me, right? And if I'm not comfortable in that situation, I'm getting out. I also know that about myself. So what I've learned from these two relationships that have been within the past year has been to... Um, to just not do that anymore, right? Yeah. To, to be very upfront and to say like, Hey, I'm fine with this going slow. And that's what I want. That's what I need out of a relationship. I need to, um, so, so going emotionally slow, emotionally yeah. slow. So my partner, C and I call it slow burn that I'm mm. a slow burner. Mm. And, um, I've found people who also want to slow burn, which is great. And it's really fun, and it takes a lot of pressure off.
1: Was see a slow burner?
0: Sleep. See, was a definite slow burn. So, see, I can I-, I
1: can't imagine that. I because you know me. I. I if I'm into someone, I'm like, oh, I'm into you, mm-hmm. and I'm,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know, I'm not going to drop L bombs like in the first week. Yeah. Uh, like other partners of ex-partners of mine, but um, <laughs> but you know, like if I'm in, like I just kind of I tend look it to-
0: at you, Houston.
1: Yeah. I <laughs> I I know or I don't know up top how I express is the thing I can choose to slow down or ramp up, but like I'll know to myself right. this is a person who I want to be with you yeah. know, early on.
0: Yeah. So you and I, um, as part of the Sex Positive and Poly community are very familiar with the term new relationship energy yeah. that we all fall victim to. You. And so I like what I like to do is um, allow that new relationship energy to be there, but not make decisions based on it, right? right. Not make time commitments based on it. Not um, like just live my life business as usual until that goes away, right? How, how
1: long do you think new relationship energy lasts around?
0: For me, it lasts around two months and yeah. then I then it starts to fade. And I also like kind of in this process um, learned that the way that I practice – Polly mm-hmm. is more in a relationship anarchy model in that um, I have a close circle of platonic friends, platonic life partners, I call some of them mm-hmm. and romantic partners um, and everyone is on an equal playing field mm-hmm. and everyone gets in, you know, their slice of the pie and no one is above anyone else. Mm-hmm. And um, I know when new relationship energy is present <laughs> When I meet someone new and I start, um, giving them more than I give my inner circle. Yeah. And I don't like to do that, right? Because I like for my people to know how important they are to me. And, um, they know that by the amount of time I put in the, into the relationship. And that's where we are. And, um, that, that model I have found (laughs) worked well for me because I wasn't doing anything that made me uncomfortable. I wasn't, um, I, I wasn't acting in a way that may have suggested that I was available for more than I was. It was just like complete honesty. Mm -hmm. Um, and a natural, a very natural, easy and safe progression for me. Hmm. So, that was the, you know kind of, I'm not going to say the end of Anna super slut because Anna super slut is always available. Could come uh, back, come could out, return, right. Could return. Um, Anna super slut is just kind of like in hibernation right now. And so C and I have a partner, Jay, who is this mm. lovely goddess of a woman. Oh
1: yeah. And, yeah, she is. Holy um,
0: shit. She is a goddess of a woman and, um, a magical, uh being if I have ever known one um and I love her too mm-hmm. and it's been really amazing to for the three of us to to build something that at the time when we all when I met him and then when he met her and then when I met her like we weren't looking for it we just kind of kept our hands off of it and let it develop and um <laughs> It's this really like beautiful, nurturing thing that we have that is also very, very, very sexy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, you're, yeah, your, your maturity surrounding intimacy has changed in the time that I've known you yeah. even. And that's just, it's wild. I mean, it got to the point where if to bring it back to me, cause not to make it all about me, but this is <laughs> a show about me. Uh, <laughs> But like, you know, uh, I had my breakup with, with Paige back in September and then you actually like made me a, a breakup picnic, yeah, which was really nice. And really nice. when we walked back to the train, you stopped me and you, I, you were kind of like, I hope it's okay. I tell you this, but I love you. Yeah. And that was certainly a shock for me. <laughs> um. Because one, I didn't know you said those words, period. Uh,
0: (laughs) Ever to anybody. But then
1: to say it in what was clearly like a not romantic way. I'd never at any point misread it as like romantic. Yeah. But uh, I was like, I don't think I've had a lot of friends just straight up say that. Mm. But then also to have a friend who said that, who I've also been sexual with, where I was like, there's an an unsureness of where we were. Yeah. Because, I mean, kind of one of the impetus of having you on finally was- (laughs) I had made some illusion. So, you've moved to a ridiculously walkable distance from where I live. Right. You used to live very inconveniently far away. Right. You typically would drive to me. I would. You know? Yeah.
0: And
1: yeah. then I made illusions. So, oh, like, oh, it's a new place. I got to come check it out at some point. And there's, you know, a lot, a lot of wink faces and elbow nudging and sexual innuendo. And you were kind of just straight up, hey, I don't think we're fucking.
0: Yeah. Mm hmm.
1: And that was a very direct f- friend to friend thing to say. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. And then once I like took a data process, I was like, okay. I'm b- then I was like, well, I, I think clearly that that means it's time to do to <laughs> the podcast. Let's talk about. it. Let's find out why. Right. Um, so you say Anna Super sl- is in hibernation. Does that mean Anna Super, sl- like, it's out of hibernation that Billy has a chance, or do you think fucking Billy is is long past you?
0: Um. I think that when Anna Super Slut gets out of hibernation, Billy has a chance. Um, and I think that because. Cue
1: the memes, everybody. Cue <laughs> the dumb and dumber memes.
0: And I'm saying that because when Anna Super Slut is out in full force, everybody has a chance. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's just not discrimination. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's not, you know, that's not a jab at anybody, but I mean, when Anna Super Slut is a very real thing and Anna Super Slut fucks everything and it's
1: like Super Saiyan mode.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, um, <clears throat> I'm, I want to say this when we had that, ch- that text exchange that mm. how, um, so I've known you for like four years now, and there are times that you have handled things poorly and not gracefully. But this, uh, text, not with me, but with this text exchange, you handled yourself in a way that I think all like cis het men should know about. Um, and that when I was, when I directly said, Hey, um, there is no expectation of, of sex. And like we are, I view as a platonic friend, you were very gracious about it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that especially cisgendered heterosexual men need to know how to do that.
1: How did I react? I was, I mean, was that the way you expected me to react?
0: I wasn't sure how you were going to react. I really wasn't. And you
1: been thinking this for a while.
0: Not really. It was just like that day that we were like having that text exchange i was like i just need to go ahead and say this so there's not like a weird awkward expectation you know because they're already like, just had because
1: there already had been like yeah. for example the picnic i didn't know if i was getting another breakup job. i was like <laughs> i don't know like could this be a thing yeah. um there have been times we've seen each other at parties i was yeah. like you know uh, at the hacienda we were at in december i was just like oh mm-hmm. like are we like and then you know that didn't happen mm-hmm. and so i was not sure if you were interested in me if you were like not turned on by me anymore didn't find me attractive or if there's something gone down, like i wasn't sure where you were at Mm -hmm. i knew that you're in a super slut super saying phase had gone down but i was just like i didn't know if if the not fucking me had anything to do with it because like you were still at a sex party yeah yeah. where you were still fucking like new people
0: yeah yeah um i what you know kind of like what we talked about in the beginning was that i have i have my partners that i'm um, very into and sexually yeah. satisfied by and what they don't provide me which are things that they can't provide me which is stranger play I seek out somewhere else sure. or I'm at a party and those are like really just kind of the combination of those three are all that I need in my life and also like yeah. just what I want I am I am I don't know how to like say this, but I'm like platonically dating somebody and that we have feelings, but we are holding off on, and, and we've been dating for a, a couple of months now. We're holding off on physical things. So he and his um other partner can kind of work through yeah. some emotional issues, but I'm just like not, you know, with the way that my life is structured now, I'm satisfied. I'm not looking to yeah. add to it. I'm looking to invest in what I currently have.
1: So, what was, how did I react that you think other dudes should?
0: Can I read the message?
1: Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Do you have it? I do. You should also include like whatever I said to spark it. Like yeah, uh, I will. Just see just to show people how annoyingly wink winky I can be.
0: <laughs> you know what? And I actually so so I'm part of this like Facebook group where we're all like connected to this one person who lives like outside of Portland, Maine. Okay. And there's only like thirty of us in in that group. And um I actually, like, I took your name out, but I was like, hey.
1: How dare you? I always want credit.
0: <laughs> well, that, that's, okay. <laughs> God damn it, like- Billy. Shut up. <laughs> so there's um a rule that when we post a screenshot, we sure. take out names and pictures. So this is the, the message that Billy sent. When are you gonna give me the grand tour of the new casa? I want. <laughs> Goddamn.
1: I sometimes use. I want to uh... <laughs>
0: let you get your letter talking about the the uh, Patreon letter. Uh, I want to let you get your letter out of my pants instead of the mailbox wink emoji.
1: Love that wink emoji. <laughs> yeah.
0: Here's what I said. I'll let you know when I'm free. I love you, Billy, but I feel like you're pushing the se- sexual suggestions right now. We haven't been physically intimate in a while, and I feel I've, I feel we have moved into platonic friends and I don't want any assumptions that you will come over to see my place and it will end in sex. kind of hard, okay?
1: yeah, but like that sometimes you need that. That's true <laughs> yeah.
0: And then you said that's cool. rephrased. When are you going to give me a grand tour of the new casa? I want to hand you your letter and give you a big hug. Heart emoji in parentheses, better question mark, plus or minus the hug. <laughs> I mean, it was just like very, um it didn't, I don't think that you took offense to it, but it didn't feel like you did. And you didn't immediately become defensive or be like, okay, so then what, Why am I even keeping this connection open? It was just, you know, there are, I love you. So I'm saying this with love. There are a lot of things you do wrong, but that's not one of them. And, um, as someone like yourself, who's been attacked in our community for various things, it is for, for acting in ways that aren't true. Um, this is a great, like kind of testament to the kind of person that you are. And, um, I think it's important for us in our community to teach people how to deal with that, right. To how to deal with, Hey, I don't want to have sex with you anymore, but I still want to be friends and it can happen and it can happen gracefully, hmm. um, without being a dick about it, Sure. which is what you did, Yeah. which I think is amazing.
1: <laughs> and, and I'll be honest, like it did sting a bit, you know, it was yeah. definitely not like awesome because then. Um, without the additional... And and I assume that part of it was the lack of being on, like, you know, in in a super-slept mode, which we had talked about, like, I think on the drive to the the nude beach, you know, when we went. So it came up then... So it kind of made sense in that, but also it obviously made me go think about, well, they're at sex parties and she's still like hooking up with, you know, doing other things. So I think like, is it my body? Is it, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we had some interactions where like I had trouble like uh, keeping or getting an erection. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, is it that? Mm -hmm. I was thinking, was it my actual performance in bed? Was Mm -hmm. it something else? So I, it definitely stung and I had to like sit there and be like, I'll deal with that in a moment. Uh, but right now, let's not be an asshole. I also am not a fan of arguing my way into sex. Like, I love arguing. It's one of the few things I won't do. Right. I'm not going like, to argue someone into convincing them that they should fuck me. <laughs> That's not fun. It's the fun.
0: saddest argument in the world. Well, because, you know, there's some
1: dudes who, like, they, they go, like, well, why why don't you? you? know, not just dudes. Women. Just people, when they get rejected or if things get ended, they want to know the why. And yeah. I'm like, but what are you going to do with that why? Right. It's not going to change. They're not all of a sudden going to fuck you because you argue against one of their points. Right and it's not usually ever something that you need to fix universally mm-hmm. it's just like oh i'm not personally into this thing about you but there's going to be countless other people who will be so right. i was i was not going to try to go well anna like you were at the fucking sex party so what the fuck you just don't want to fuck me you don't want to fuck other um so i was like that's not a good move and also i value your friendship mm-hmm. i think i would have probably reacted a little differently if we were casual sex partners who almost shared some intimacy and then whatever that that we knew each other length we did that i do like staying friends with you i was like okay like we remember that this is a friend and they're not attacking you and that they love you i think that was another big part that helped me because i know you don't say that easily right and all the things were like okay what's the best way we can like not be an asshole right now (laughs) because uh because she deserves that yeah i try Mm -hmm. um I'm going to try to be able to do that with other people, too, because who knows? Right. Uh, Lord knows I don't take all my breakups uh, as gracefully.
0: You certainly do not. Yeah. <laughs> a work uh, in progress.
1: What's up, everybody? It's time for that fan whore appreciation moment. All right. This is the part of the podcast where I like to thank a few of the members of my fan whore community on air. I want to give a shout out right now to Monica M. Hope you had fun at Mardi Gras down there. Probably was a good time. Shout out to Jay Sheets. You know who you are, buddy. Uh, Jay Jay Sheets, uh, I like him because his email address translates to white trash. uh, And it took me an embarrassingly long time to figure that out. Thanks for the support, buddy. And then also shout out to Philly Kate, a.k.a. Kate, who is in Philly. I hope you are enjoying a, a wonderful, healthy FLR out there. And you, too, can become a member for as little as $1 a month and support the Man War podcast in the process. You get access to all sorts of exclusive Man War podcast bonus episodes. You get exclusive access to our secret Facebook group, The Champagne Room. And you get all sorts of behind-the-scenes looks of what I'm up to over here while I make the show. You can join today at patreon.com slash manhor podcast. That's Patreon P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash manhor Podcast. And now let's uh, let's wrap up with another member, Anna Super Slut. Well what are some of the things you say I do I don't do well?
0: <laughs> um I don't I am not a fan of your um, drunken Twitter tirades <laughs> against your ex girlfriends. But are they tirades against them? Like, yes, I Yes, they're directed towards them. Directed towards, not but fan. I mean, I mean,
1: I'm not derogatory. Like, I'm not, I don't go on Twitter and start bashing them,
0: mm-hmm. right? You don't, but I feel like the timing in which you do it, like you, um, especially with, I can't even remember the ones from like the last breakup. But I just get, I get kind of a Billy. I wish you wouldn't do this, like every time. And then I just end up like avoiding your Facebook because mm-hmm. I don't have Twitter. So I okay. see your shit, your Twitter shit through Facebook. I just end up avoiding it yeah. because I'm like, God damn it, why are we doing this again?
1: I don't say anything that's like necessarily like bad towards them. It's more like overly sad, unnecessary shit.
0: Yeah, it's overly sad, unnecessary, and I think, least because, I think it's because I think it's because you're also like kind of sharing your um your relationship the end of your relationship and the feelings associated with that relationship um you're you're sharing those without their consent and they may not want people that you guys have in common to know about it at mm-hmm. that moment
1: see and that's the weird thing though because the i my my job is sharing my mm-hmm. My sex and dating life, um, my love life, out there, and so I try to be careful about the what I share, yeah. Because I will never, I never think anyone can ever tell me I should not be allowed to share how I feel about something that happened with someone else. I don't need someone's consent to say I am heartbroken and I am devastated. But you know, maybe if it was about the particulars, like to go talk, like I may, I've made certain, for example, the long phone call my ex and I had. Mm -hmm. I have not shared on the podcast like mm-hmm. all the different things that like we had a fight about. Like I was like, I'm not gonna get into the particulars. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't think that's gonna be productive, but I also think that's not, you know, fair um yeah. to do. So I don't get into that. But like with Paige, I mean, people ask like what it was it. I, I mean, I do think it was like a singular thing of like one's non-monogamous, one's not. And I don't feel bad about sharing that, especially since she had consented to have her you know name put out there yeah whatever um but i am trying i do try to be cautious of that if you see me post things like i hope as a friend you'll you know just give me a little like hey this thing seems like the you went over an ethical line of sharing okay because um it's one thing if it's like billy you're just being a sad sack and it's annoying that i understand sometimes i just need to do that and i delete tweets in the morning but you know i I certainly don't want to be overstepping where i'm like sharing things i shouldn't or directing people towards them which i would never want i've actually had to instruct people not to yeah yeah um but i know okay yeah i know i'm not the best in a breakup (laughs) on twitter in the first few days anything else like that i don't think so yeah
0: yeah Whenever you break up, I know that I'm going to have – whenever you break up with somebody or the same person four times, um, I know that I'm going to have, like, at least a 48-hour 48 pe- 48 period after the breakup of, like, intense eye rolls uh, on your Facebook feed. Yep, yep. Something
1: like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: but you know I do like I said I do appreciate you as a friend and that, and whether or not I get to share a sec, like I am universally basically always down to share some sort of sexual space with you. Yep. <laughs> crazy hot and fun. Uh but I'm also enjoy being friends with you without that. I wish I saw you more. I hope yeah. you living closer means I might see you a, a little bit more than uh-huh. uh, I have in like the last year. I
0: hope so too. Yeah. Cuz we're literally like eight I blocks I am
1: walking distance.
0: Yeah.
1: So hopefully i can come over and platonically <laughs> hang out or watch a thing i won't make moves
0: <laughs> i believe you
1: um but i'm glad you're in my life yeah. um i am glad i got the uh, i am glad i got to share sexual spaces with you because like you're wow um
0: <laughs> yes i'm glad yeah, that we got to I'm, do that too <laughs> and i am gonna just say that like you your pussy game is like top notch
1: yeah yeah let's end this episode with like some good things so
0: um I prefer your pussy eating game to your dick game. And I think it's just because I prefer my clit to be stimulated more than like the inside of my vagina. Um, You are a very patient pussy eater. Um, and you also, I think what's important um, in someone who is eating my pussy is that they know what to do to make me feel good and they know what to do to get me off. And Mm -hmm. those are, um, so getting off feels good, but there are other things that feel good besides getting off. And I think that that's an important distinction that everyone needs to know about their partner. Um, and how,
1: how is, how is the Billy penis? Um, so the
0: Billy, the Billy Dick is, uh, is good. um, But I like it's frequently chafed and um the Billy Brain is frequently concerned heavily with the Billy Dick. I really like giving you blowjobs. I like giving blowjobs in general. God bless you for it. I really do. I take pride in giving blowjobs and I'm always down to suck a dick. Honestly, like when I am I'm I'm just down to suck dicks. Mm. Love it. And your dick is a really good blowjob dick. In that I don't feel like I'm being skull fucked when I don't want to be, but can get the job done without being skull fucked. Um, And, you know, sex with you is fine. But sex is just like, like actual, like penetrative sex. 95% of the time for me is just fine. Yeah. You know, that's not my like preferred way to get off. And I much prefer to get off with clit stimulation or I'm, I'm a big fan of inserting things that aren't penises into my vagina. So whether that's a dildo, yep, nope, not like a carrot, like a dildo. Uh, (laughs) I'm a big fan of that. I'm a big fan of women doing that to me. Mm. Um, And, you know, things like the enjoy pure wand. Um, those are the things that feel best for me. And I, um, engage in penetrative sex because I do feel like it's, it causes a connection between partners. Um, I engage in penetrative sex if my part, if that's something my partner enjoys. But for me, I could do without it.
1: Any other Billy centric review things that any listeners curious about, whether it be dating me or sleeping with me, whatever.
0: So I, I think that, you know, one thing that I've always appreciated about you, and even though we never, like, did a whole lot of scene play, is that you're just, like, down for it, right? You're just down to do things. And I, like, a couple of things that I specifically remember about you that I was like, oh, that was really nice was, um you know, I'm um given, like, everything else in my life that is just absolutely, like, outside of the norm and not basic, I really love college basketball. And there was one time that I you and I had a plan and I was like, oh, but I need to watch this basketball game. And you're like, well, come over. I'll fuck you and we'll watch the basketball game. And you literally like were behind me fucking me doggy so I could watch the basketball game. Like I really appreciated it, you know? And I'm like, well, I'm not really putting in a whole lot of effort, but come on, just like do it. Um, I also... And I haven't done this again with a male partner and I like really need to. Do you remember that time? I think it was like a New Year's Eve or something. You came over and I made you come with my Lilo smart wand like just on your dick. Yeah. That was so fucking amazing for me because i had never used one of my toys to make someone come before like to make a man come before and Strokeless it was
1: orgasm yeah. yeah
0: and it was really like empowering for me to do
1: do it to see the, that, to. the frenulum everybody i've talked it's been a while to talk about that little spot underneath the hood of the dick you can put a vibrator there you can just rub it for a long time lick it for 20 minutes uh-huh. but after 10 20 30 minutes that dick will come and you'll have never stroked it once absolutely and if you ever get like, oh, I want to do that, but you can't find, you know, there's, there's eight blocks away. There's a guy who's happy to just receive <laughs> a uh, vibrator friendly orgasm again. Mm-hmm. Um, Anna, thanks so much for, uh, talking to me and being open with Thank us you. on the show. Uh, you talk a, a bit about throwing your own sex parties. Do you mind doing a little bonus episode? Talk about throwing a party in your home.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. yeah. I
1: feel, I feel like you have some tips. Yeah. It's a very frequent question I get is like, how do I throw a sex party? And I feel yeah. like you, have the answers yeah. uh but for now s- say goodbye to everybody
0: goodbye everybody stay slutty
1: after listening I-, I had to listen to this episode like several times while i was um you know working on it and in wrapping up you know i i thought about love comes with accountability when you say i love you you are accountable to that person. You you don't get to say I love you and then just be like a fair weather friend or be someone who's only available just like once in a blue moon. When you say I love you, Anna's right. It's a commitment. And that's a commitment I will and continue to hold Anna to as I hope she will hold me to the same. And uh, again, I'm very happy that she is in my life regardless of whether or not she lets me eat her pussy whatever you know it's okay <laughs> um i hope you all enjoyed hearing from anna she was so great and if you uh, let me know what you thought give it a shout out on twitter and instagram at the billy uh, use the hashtag manhorpodcast let me know what you thought about the show you can also like the man Whore podcast facebook page and you can start a comment thread over there and if you want to say something a little bit more in depth, maybe something privately, you can send me your comments, your questions, your titty pictures, your contributions to the man Khan scholarship fund at man at gmail.com last, but certainly not least. If you'd like to have access to Anna's bonus episode, head on over to patreon.com slash man podcast pledge $5 and you will have access to her show as well as dozens of other bonus apps. Become a member today. At Patreon p a t r e o n dot com slash manwhore podcast. Next week we've got a fellow sex podcaster on the show. We've got who I who I met out in Vegas at the AVN uh, Awards, Nicolette Heidegger, co-host of Sluts and Scholars podcast. Will be joining me. And until then, stay slutty. <laughs>